Welcome to Weber Wenzel Legal Insights. With over 150 years of experience and deep industry knowledge, Weber Wenzel is the leading full-service law firm on the African continent. Good day and a warm welcome to all our listeners. My name is Burton Phillips. I'm a partner in the competition law team at Weber Wenzel. And I'll be hosting the second of our two-part discussion on recent developments involving the Comesa Competition Commission. Our discussion today will focus on restrictive business practices and how the Commission intends to monitor and enforce the rules relating to restrictive business practices to ensure that firms operating in the common market are compliant. To facilitate our discussion today, I am very pleased and honored to be joined by Dr. Willard Mwemba, the Acting Director and Chief Executive Officer of the Comesa Competition Commission, a well-known colleague to our firm and to all other firms and clients uh, across the common market. So, Dr. Mwemba, really pleased that you're able to join us today and also congratulations on your new role and we look forward to, to our discussion this morning. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure uh, talking to you, colleagues. Uh, I'm, I'm really humbled. Thank you so much. So over the past few months, Willa, there's been a few important developments relating to restrictive business practices in the Kamesa region. Uh, and of course, these are of interest to, to us and to our clients. So you'll recall that uh, a, a practice note was published um, earlier this year, which to my mind sort of sounds a warning that a hard enforcement stance will be adopted by the Commission. Can you perhaps start by giving us some background as to what led to that note being published and the harder stance on enforcement going forward? Yeah, so uh, Burton, as regards restrictive business practices, I think the Commission has uh, taken an approach of soft enforcement. And by soft enforcement, I mean we've done uh, uh, awareness raising uh, to the business community. We've talked about the do's and don'ts with regard to restrictive business practices. We've uh, made a call and an invitation to the business community to bring the agreements that may be restrictive in nature to have the commission review them under the rule of reason and determine if uh, uh, their anti-competitive concerns are outweighed by the benefits that emanate therefrom, and uh, obviously approve uh, uh, such uh, uh, such practices uh, where possible, or guide that these practices uh, may lead them into trouble if they were implemented. So that is the kind of soft enforcement we, we, we we've undertaken, and uh, we have then realized that uh, uh, over time. There is no one who will say they didn't know exactly what the, the regulations uh, entail. Uh, the commission never uh, extended its or never opened its doors to explain exactly what is required of them. So we have come to the realization that uh, uh, looking at what is going on uh, in the markets at national level, in the common market, uh, in Comesa, by common market, I mean Comesa, and beyond, these anti-competitive uh, practices are still entrenched. We had uh, in the earlier part of our opening our doors, inviting for applications for exemptions, we had received a good number of uh, agreements from the business community, uh, which we looked at. Some of them were approved, some of them were rejected. But then all of a sudden it became quiet. So it was our understanding that with what we can perceive in the market, businesses are still engaged in some of those practices. Cartels are being brushed in, uh, in some of our member states. So the anti-competitive practices are still entrenched. And uh, we now 
uh, warning the businesses that if they are still engaged in uh, those issues, we will be hard and should we uh, investigate, detect, investigate and investigate, we will not be very lenient, we'll be uh, fining heftily. So that is what led to that not being published button. Okay, great. Um, I guess the warning is out there for uh, all parties op operating in the common market that uh, the time for nice talk with the commission seems to be over and the commission seems to be ready to sort of take the big guns out and start actively um, prosecuting uh, restrictive business practices. So so I guess um, that that's an important thing to bear in mind for, for all our listeners. Willard, are there any specific types of conduct um, that the commission intends to focus on um, under this sort of harder inf enforcement rules? Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. So our focus uh, uh, of the type of conduct to be looking at of significant concern and also in order of priority here at the commission, not that any other conduct is uh, of less concern to the commission, but just in terms of our priorities for the year and probably a few coming years would be cartels, because we've seen an increase in cartels at national level, would also be uh, abuses of dominance, uh, we've been seeing that, especially in this pandemic period. And of, obviously, in the third uh, uh, category would be the horizontal and vertical agreements. So those are the types of conduct we will be focusing uh, in this year and probably the next coming few years. You mentioned abuse of dominance, um, and I'm sure you'll be aware that many jurisdictions um, throughout the period of, of the COVID-19 pandemic have been dealing with exploitative behavior by firms who, who may be perceived to be dominant. Um, has that been your experience as well with, with, uh, with, with this issue at, at, a, at a regional level? Yes, absolutely. It has been our experience. We are doing some some uh, background market inquiries on that, and these are the issues that are coming out. And uh, we think it is time uh, to sanitize or clean the market of those practices. Look, everyone is struggling uh, uh, to survive in the pandemic period. The economies are not doing too well. So we cannot allow a situation where dominant frames will be exploiting uh, the vulnerable consumers. Consumers are vulnerable even when situations are good. So in uh, depressed economic situations, I think that's the last, that would be the most heartbreaking uh, uh, thing for any competition authority to see uh, these uh, uh, big undertakings, dominant undertakings, abusing uh, and exploiting consumers. So to answer your question, Barton, you are right. This is our experience. This is what we are perceiving uh, and, 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 and uh, seeing in the market through the, the, the background inquiries that we are conducting now. I'm sure you'll agree, Willard. I mean, one of the things that, um, you know, we as, as legal practitioners often experience is that, uh, you know, laws are only as good as the, the tools we have to enforce them. Um, looking at what tools the, the commission has at its disposal, um, are there any particular tools that the commission will be employing to ensure compliance? And, and are there specific things that, that clients could, could look at in terms of their internal practices to, to guard against um, them being accused of, of restrictive business practices or, or engaging in such practices going forward? Absolutely. Uh, that's a very good question, Barton. Yes, uh, you may have a very good law. But if you don't have tools, uh, uh, if you don't develop effective tools to implement that law, uh, it may remain good on your bookshelf. So you are very right. 
some of the tools that we, 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 we are using and that we intend to use effectively would include uh, advocacy and awareness as we've done in the past. But probably in the past, it was awareness on the businesses themselves. Now we'll be going beyond that. It will be advocacy and awareness on the clients to these businesses, the consumers, the customers, so that they have an understanding of their rights and obligations to under the regulations, they will know when these rights are violated by the by, by, in their in their dealings and transactions with these businesses. They will know the procedures and uh, and processes of bringing those complaints to the to the commission. So that is one of the tools we are using. The second tool we are using is effective collaborations with the national competition authorities uh, through MOUs. We do work with the, the jurisdiction is ours, the decision is ours, but just like any other uh, research, any other investigation, any other inquiry, the number of stakeholders who are involved for su su supply of information critical uh, uh, to, to that cause. And our national competition authorities are very critical in the supply of information that affects their markets in the review of transactions that we have. So one of the other tools will be effective collaborations with the NCAs. You 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 or you would have already seen if you've been following uh, developments, which I know you are following very well. A, a button for you to be bringing these questions. You would have observed that we've had a number of MOUs signed between ourselves and our national competition authorities. We just signed uh, the ninth uh, MOU with the Competition and Tariff Commission of Zimbabwe last week on the fifteenth of April. And uh, we signed uh, one with uh, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. So the Democratic Republic of Congo Competition Authority, with our help, is now coming into operation. We've done a lot of work with them since 2014. To date now, the Competition Authority there is, uh, is, is beginning to operate. They were here uh, the day before yesterday. We signed an MOU. All these MOUs are to ensure that we effectively collaborate and sharpen our tools to address all these anti-competitive uh, 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 practices in the market. The other thing that we'll be doing uh, is the engagement of consumers uh, directly, especially uh, on exploitative abuses. And with this, we've uh, last week again, we just established what we call the Comesa uh, Consumer Protection Committee, uh, which has a chairman uh, from Uganda and the vice chairperson from uh, Mauritius, one of the things they'll be doing is exactly to look at these issues of exploitative abuses and uh, expose them and bring them to the commission. The other two uh, button, as you agree with me, especially that you are coming from a law firm, uh, are hefty fines. So once we one is found wanting, once the case is proved and established, the commission will not shy away from imposing hefty fines to be a lesson and a deterrence to would-be uh, offenders. Among the other tools we are looking at now in the long run, not in the short run, would be the regional... If I can jump in there, you mentioned penalties. I think one of the important um, tools we've seen in other jurisdictions, particularly when it comes to the possibility of heavy penalties, is the possibility of the commission employing a, a leniency program which will encourage firms to come forward. Um, where perhaps they would they would be granted leniency if they provide the commission with information or prosecuting fellow members of, of cartels or parties involved in, in restrictive business practices. Is that something the commission would look at in, in future? Exactly. I, I, I was thinking that uh, a button probably you had a stint at the commission uh, when I was on leave 
you worked here briefly and quietly disappeared, so you knew what was happening here. <laughs> so you're very right indeed. Uh, uh, that is one of the tools uh, uh, we, are, we are planning to, to, to come up with for the long term because that one will not be done uh, immediately. The other tools I talked about are immediate. But this is one of the tools we are working on for the long run. We've done quite a lot of work with the World Bank. There is a draft working document in place. Uh, we just need to follow a few other procedures, legal procedures with the member states. Uh, and then we'll be having that uh, leniency program up and running to ensure that we effectively address, especially curtails uh, uh, in, the, in the common market. Now, Barton, I, I, if I recall well, I know you asked um, uh, a question on what firms uh, are operating in the common market, in the commercial region, may be doing to guard against restrictive business practices and to ensure that they are not found on the wrong side of the law. Did I get you correctly? Yes, absolutely. It's just uh, so clients can ready themselves, given particularly that there will be a, a harder stance on, on enforcement. I think it's important for, for clients to be aware, you know, that internally they get their, 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 their compliance policies up and running, that they make sure that, you know, their staff know what, what the do's and don'ts are. So, so we just wanted to get a sense from you. Is that something that the commission will be looking at as well as part of its new stance? Excellent. In fact, one of the answers we've already given it a uh, uh, button. So that, that's very true. Uh, so we, we, we are now advising and encouraging our clients uh, uh, and businesses out there to develop internal compliance programs for their staff. It's, sometimes it's, 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 it, companies find themselves engaged in anti-competitive practices out of ignorance and, uh, and, and, and negligence. It's not that the board of, uh, the board of this company sits down in all instances to discuss cartel issues, to discuss uh, abuse of dominance matters, uh, or the management is there uh, explicitly sitting down to engage in such conduct. It's not always the case. It is sometimes the case that the, the staff down there may not realize that by sitting in a certain meeting where prices are being discussed is enough to prosecute their company. Their company does not need to implement those prices. Just sitting in those meetings may be enough it is, it is established, whether by minutes or otherwise that you sat in that meeting, to prosecute your company. So what we are encouraging businesses is to come up with internal compliance programs for their staff on the do's and don'ts in competition law. Then secondly, we are also inviting uh, or asking the companies to invite the commission, we will be glad to do that at no cost whatsoever because it's one of our functions to invite the commission to educate their staff on the do's and don'ts in the markets as regards uh, uh, competition. Uh, and lastly, we'll also be continue, because this one we've done it uh, 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 for some time now, we'll continue asking uh, 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 undertakings to apply for exemptions or authorizations under our Article 20, where they are not so sure whether their conduct may injure competition and may be punishable under the regulation. So they can bring uh, their, 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 their potential uh, and prospective agreements to the commission so that we look at it and we advise them whether they can proceed with the agreement in its formality or whether it needs some amendment or indeed whether it is something that should just be discarded. Well, thank you very much. That is uh, extremely helpful. Um, and thank you for sharing those insights with us. Um, I think the Commission is is um, trying to find a very good balance between adopting 
a hard stance against restrictive business practices, but also leaving the door open for the business community to be educated on, on what the rules are and engaging with the commission to make sure that they don't fall foul of those rules. Um, so I think going forward, I mean, if applying that approach, um, you know, we, we should see better enforcement, but again, better education on, on the part of, of the business community. So so thank you for that, Willard. We really appreciate you joining us today. Um, and, and going forward, we, we hope to have uh, these discussions uh, in future. Thank you very much, Willard. Thank you, our listeners, for, for listening to WebAwareness and Legal Insights. Remember, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate your time and, and look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you, Barton. Always a pleasure. Looking forward to uh, touching base soon. So that brings an end to our discussion today. I'd like to thank Dr. Mwemba for sharing his insights and for our listeners for joining us today. I'm your host, Burton Phillips, and thank you for listening to Weber Wenzel Legal Insights. You have been listening to Weber Wenzel Legal Insights. You can find and subscribe to the podcast on all major platforms. For more expert legal insights and updates, visit WeberWenzel.com.